Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Creative Theater, Akita Express, and Encore Theatrical Company. Visit us online at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Drop us an email at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash 30 nerdy podcast thanks for tuning in hope you enjoy the show and now sit back relax and get ready to nerd out with your hosts josh davis and tyler mcdaniel What's up, nerds and nerdettes? This is the podcast where everyone knows your name. Cheers to ya. Cheers to ya. I'm Josh. And I'm Tyler, and this is 30 and Nerdy. And we are coming at you from the Fortress of Nerditude with yours truly, the registered nerd practitioner, the founder of Nerdledge, The Mac. And always great to be joined by my co-host, the juicy one, the nerdorious JLD, the PhD of nerdology, Dr. Davis himself. Oh, hello. Oh, hello, Doc. How are you? <laughs> very. <laughs> What's up, Doc? <laughs> I'm doing very well. How about you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And if you are listening for the first time, thank you. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you like to cast your pod. Uh, and if you're listening again, thank you. We are just over the moon with all the shares and likes and subscriptions and interest that people, I mean, dude, we have, uh, I, I got an update email today on, you know, people's, the top 10. Yeah. And I sent it to you. Yeah. Well, I also got an update that we have new listeners in Spain, Pakistan. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Really? Ireland and Scotland, new listeners there. So worldwide, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for taking a, a the time. A big old international cheers to you. Yeah, internationally cheers to you. Um, you know, we thought that this would just be something fun for us to do and just get to talk nerd and hoped that there were a few people out there who liked to listen. Uh, but knowing that the nerd nation out there is, is backing you and supporting us, and we love supporting you all. If you are a nerd podcast, please get in touch with us. We'd love to listen to yours as well. Um and if you're a Patreon supporter, thank you so much. We've had some new Patreon supporters this week. Uh, thanks a lot. And a special shout-out to Johnny Has the Keys out there. They're about to start their Season 2 uh, here mid-October, so mm-hmm. we're excited to get to listening to some horror. Well, Josh is, and Josh isn't big on scary stuff. I get skilled. Uh, he gets skilled. So uh, I'll just listen <laughs> to him and, and kind of water it down for him when Sounds I talk good. about give, it. you got to give me the PG version. Yeah, I'll give you the PG. I'll give you the cliff notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last week's episode was a lot of fun. Um, it was a big one. It was long, oh, but yeah. it was a lot, definitely a lot of fun. I mean, The Boys is a fantastic show. Da um, Boys. Da Boys. Um, it was so good, man. And, like, 
watching back through Lord of the Rings for this week's episode, seeing Carl Urban so young, it made me want to watch The Boys again. I was like, I right? just love Carl Urban now. Yeah. Like, I just want to watch all of his things. <laughs> he's a pro, man. He really is. He's so underrated and, and just... I un- agree. And just forgotten too much. Um, and he's a big nerd. Yeah. Huge nerd. Um, he actually loves... I know you met him and you said he wasn't very personal. He didn't seem like he was too happy to be there when I but, met him. Um, but if you look him up, like he actually loves these sci-fi and fantasy roles. He loves the worlds. He loves... like There's a sci-fi movie he did that I've never even seen. I, I'll have to look it up. It's it's weird. It's like three monkeys weird. Wow. Um, but this week, we are finishing our journey to Mount Doom. Yes. Uh, with Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. And I got to sit down, and so did Josh. We sat down this week and rewatched the extended version of Return of the King. I had never seen the extended version, and it was four hours long. It's been a few uh, few years for me since I've seen it. And like, don't get me wrong, I love Return of the King. I love everything Lord of the Rings. But Absolutely, man, that but is like hours, the longest. Like I had to break it into two days. I did disc one last night and disc two today. Hey, caramba! And uh. Dad ended up finishing it with me, and of course, you know, he, he's an emotional guy. He teared up at the end at the farewell at the docks, so. Um, you can't be mad at how that. how much I loved it, man. Mm-hmm. Like Me too, to be the honest The quotes, and just every time, I told Dad today, I said, I always hate, like, watching through Harry Potter, watching through Star Wars, I enjoy the ending, but I always hate when Lord of the Rings ends. For some reason, it, and I'm just like, all right, I really hate that that's over. I hate it. I, I understand. want to watch it again. I understand. Um, I think out of those three trilogy, or not trilogy, Harry Potter's got more, and now Star Wars has more, mm-hmm. um, universe, uh, I think Lord of the Rings is definitely my favorite one that I can watch more than the others. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to get into this with you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it, too. Uh, definitely Lord of the Rings is uh, one of my favorite things of all mm-hmm. time, uh, mm-hmm. you, you might say. But you know what else is a favorite thing of mine? What? That's Comic-Cons. Oh, yes, yes, Going, yes, yes, going yes. to Comic-Cons. And, you know, speaking of that, we have some... We have a couple of live things. Things on the horizon. On the horizon. Uh, yes. Um, the first thing coming up is October 13th. Um, next month, we are going to be in downtown Knoxville with Lit Up Knoxville Festival. And uh, it's for young adult authors and... Uh, comic fans and just it's really pushing the youth initiative mm-hmm. uh, getting out there um, publishing their book getting their books published um, and things like that and stuff that young adults are interested in and we were reached they reached out to us mm-hmm. and um, had listened to the podcast some and a dear friend Candace uh, Candace good friend of ours works in Knoxville uh, at the uh, library the public library yeah, does marketing and stuff like that. She did like, like the the commercials and stuff yeah. for the library. She's yeah. very talented. Very talented. And she reached out to us and wanted us to come up there and do a little segment. So we're going to be there in downtown Knoxville. Now the whole festival takes place in multiple places like Market Square, History Center, Entrepreneur Center, Union Avenue Books, and Lawson McGee Library. Uh, we will be in Market Square doing a little show. Uh, so we hope that you'll come out if you're in the vicinity yeah on october 13th and that's from one o'clock to 7 p.m if you're one of those nerds in pakistan or spain we don't expect you to be there but uh, yeah you don't have to fly <laughs> it'd be cool if you did yeah. but you don't we'll have probably to. give you a hat for that yeah we'd give you a hat maybe a koozie yeah absolutely maybe a sticker. even a shirt 
maybe even a shirt. Uh, the other next thing we're doing uh, live is in November, sixteenth uh, and seventeenth, Marble Dang City right. Comic Con in Sevierville, Tennessee, and we are so excited because we got to talk the other day, and it's up on our YouTube channel. The uh, phone conversation with Shannon Ray, who's mm-hmm. in charge. Um, let us know that Jay and Silent Bob were going to be there, and they're going to be doing a special viewing of Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Can't wait. I'm stoked. So excited. Huge Jay and Silent Bob fans. Um, I hope we get to meet him. Me too. Uh, I don't care for an autograph, just to get to shake. Well, I, d- I did get my hands on one of those Kevin Smith pops that I talked about last week. So now you you have to be careful. Don't pull a Harrison Ford on him and piss him off. If Kevin Smith turns out to be like Harrison Ford, <laughs> I may just go sit down in a corner and cry. That will be so heartbreaking. I'm sure he's, he's not, not going to do that way. He's not. He I loves can just us tell. nerds and uh, getting to know us and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but we're very excited. Um, so what have you been doing other than stuff like that? Just teaching away? Yeah. Being well, a dad? Had to get a new dryer this weekend. Oof. So. Set you back a couple of shells. Yeah, I had to get one of those old uh, Lowe's credit cards. Oh, no. Yeah. That's how they get you. I You're know. You're on the grid now. I was <laughs> very... Uh, they, they could tell when I signed up for it that I was not happy that I was doing it. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big unexpected expense. Sometimes you have to. And uh, Adulthood, kids. I'm going to be hiding that card somewhere where I can't easily get to it when I see a, a big deal on Pops. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to... Find a special place for it so that even I forget where it is. It. That's I'll even a better idea. Yeah. Um, cool, cool. We've been uh, busy in Rocky Horror rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting closer and closer to the date. Speaking of Rocky Horror, I did you know we got uh, we got a message from a friend of ours, uh, yes. Doctor Frankenfurter. Doctor Frankenfurter. So uh, I, I thought he had a few words to say for our listeners. Yeah, maybe we should share that with our, our friends right now. All right, we'll take it away, Frank. All right. How do you do? I'm Dr. Frankenfurter from Encore Theatrical Company's Rocky Horror Show. I see you've met my two favorite nerds. <laughs> I want to show you my favorite obsession. You see, I've been... Well, I won't tell you. You'll just have to come up to the lab and see what's on the slab, won't you? Performances are October 18th and 19th, and they are both science fiction double features, babies. For ticket information, go to etcplays.org or call 423-318-8331. Go ahead. You know you want to. I see you shiver with anticip. Hey, all you nerds out there in Nerdland, this is David. And this is Tim. And we're from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, a podcast where horror and sci fi shape our lives. You're listening to Josh and Tyler of the 30 and Nerdy podcast, where they discuss, debate, and break it down with nerd culture and the nerds that reside there. If you like listening to these guys, consider coming over to the dark side with us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Cheers to you, nerds, and don't forget your keys. All right, time to talk nerdy to you. Um... 
This word hit me a few weeks ago and I had to jot it down, but I didn't realize that it would be this late in the game uh, to get to bring it up. Uh, nerdlosophy. <laughs> the philosophy a nerd may have due to his or her nerddoms. For instance, thanks to Supernatural, Tyler has a nerdlosophy that family doesn't end in blood. Which is true. We're family. Sure. We're not blood. Right. It's one big thing that they push in that show is blood don't make you family, boy. You know, I'm your family even though I'm not your blood. I'll be there. I'll take a bullet for you. I'll die for you. Um, but yeah, any, do you have any nerd philosophies? It sounds kind of like, like Yondu and Star-Lord. Like, yeah. I'm not your father, but I'm your daddy, boy. No, uh, he might be your daddy. He might be your father, but I'm your daddy, boy. Yeah, that. Right before he... <laughs> Mary Poppins, y'all. Um... I think I know one of your nerd philosophies. I'm sure you do. Tell me. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. Hey, that is a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact, Jack. Jack. So, that's your word for the week. Use it in a sentence to somebody. Nerdlosophy. The philosophy a nerd has. Uh, so, shall we get to your favorite segment? Let's do it. It's called Whatcha Watchin'. Watchin'. Why don't you go first this time? All right. Well, you know, we've talked about the fact that we were burning down Return of the King Extended mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, DVD, which was awesome. Uh, also, have been watching Titan Season 2 still because they're doing it episodically. Every Friday it releases, which, you know, I complained about, but it took it getting in the groove of episodically now. I'm like, oh my God, I love it. But you were the one that was fighting for that. I was that. fighting for it, and then they did it, and I was like, no! Okay. And then I'm like, okay. Now I know why they did it. Uh, I, I was a proponent, so I, I need to, you know, listen to my own words. <laughs> um, Practice what you preach, son. And I have um, been listening to this new podcast. It's uh, very odd. It's 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 not odd in a bad way. It's a play. Oh. Kind of like the Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, it's called Ethernautica, and they have two scenes. Two scenes. Two seasons. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's it's a play. They They give you a little bit of opening like who's playing what part and it's you know scene one scene two scene three stuff so being a theater kid i've really latched onto it i'm like oh my gosh it's it's like an old orson wells radio show you know or the um little orphan annie you listen to a lot of podcasts i really do I thought that I listened to a lot of podcasts and You're i don't got me hooked on it i too. know i was about to we, say it all started with uh who did we listen to on the way to wrestling? Uh, we listened to Cheap Mage. Heat. Yeah, uh, it's so Peter, Rosenberg, Peter Rosenberg. Uh, Peter Cheap Rosenberg Heat. from ESPN. He does a wrestling podcast. Then you got me on to Edge and Christian. Mm-hmm. And to, uh, something, something to, to wrestle, wrestle with, with Bruce and then Pritchard. It just, I just found all these other ones. My yeah. sister got me hooked on Armchair Expert uh, with Dax. Dax, Dax Shepard. I love him. He is so good. But yeah, I literally I don't listen to actual radio much anymore. I don't either, <laughs> like at all. Um. For a few reasons, you get to control the flow, pick mm-hmm. what you want to listen to, and yeah. like I said last week, everything's so overplayed these days on it's the something radio. Something new every week. Yeah, it's something new every week, and this is really cool. You should check it out. It's it's a play. It's like any play me and you have performed on stage, but it's radio style. Sounds good. It's really cool. Everyone should check it out. What are you watching? So, I, <clears throat> this week, watched Andre the Giant. It's a documentary mm. that HBO did. I actually had seen it a long time ago, uh, 
but you know how it is. I forget things. But I stumbled onto it on the WWE Network. I think you can also see it on um, HBO Go, or if you have the Hulu uh, thing with HBO on it, you can catch it on there. Would that be the WWE Network that's only $9.99 a month? $9.99 a month. Um, the very same. But it is on there. Uh, and listen, you don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this. Uh, it's it's a fascinating story. Um it's all about Andre's life, and any time that wrestling lingo is mentioned, like they explain it very well. Like they explain it to someone that they would expect doesn't know anything about wrestling. Yeah. So you don't have to know that stuff. Um. You, oh man. Well, if you're not a wrestling fan, you would know know him from the movie The Princess Bride. I mean, most people probably yeah. know who Andre. Like, there was a guy that he did an interview, and he talked about how like there are these people who were real life people, but. They have become legends, and there's this mythology surrounding them, like, like Davy Crockett, you know, yeah. he killed a and bar when he was only three, and all that yeah. stuff. Like, Andre the Giant's one of those yes. people, a, a living legend. Um, there was this one part, they show footage of him getting into a car, uh, and it looked like a cartoon, like, you know, when someone really big gets in a car, and like the whole side sags down. Shown, yeah. That was legit what happened. It looked like something straight out of a cartoon. And, you know, I love Ric Flair. Ric Flair was on there, and um, he said that he and Andre was a big partier, okay? Yeah. Uh, Ric Flair said that he watched Andre the Giant drink 106 beers in one night. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would kill a normal man. Did you know this? Andre was originally called uh, Jean Ferry in France when he wrestled in France. Uh, It's called, uh, sorry, it's translated to the great fairy and the great fairy is like this big french legend and he's like a lumberjack okay. so like his first character like they come out in the woods and andre's like he's like hacking down a tree yeah. and they come and interview him he was very french by the way oh yeah um uh, he was and also you know he was pretty spry back in the 70s to be a such a to big dude size. man he he was pretty quick but and anyway, I'd say it, it talks a lot about, you know, he knew he wasn't going to live long. Yeah. Um, they interview Vince McMahon, uh, CEO, chairman, owner, whatever you want to call him, of WWE. And, and he gets pretty emotional yeah. in this. He gets pretty raw and real talking about Andre. Uh, he was, everybody loved Andre. Um, so it's, it's very good. Uh, get the tissues ready. Um, mm. But check it out. And like I said, you don't have to be a wrestling fan. It's worth a watch. An amazing story about an amazing man. Absolutely. And that's all I have to say about cool, that. Cool, man. Cool, man. Why don't you tell me about some of that news there, t All right. The news. we got a lot to unpack, but we won't linger too long. Just some, some stuff that's happened the past week. Uh, this past Friday, Apple Arcade dropped. It's a $4.99 a month subscription and accessible on any Apple iOS device. You gain access to 100-plus arcade-style games from originals and even some already established titles. Hmm. Um, and basically, if they couldn't get the rights for anything like uh, Galaga or Pac-Man, they created their own version of them. So naughty, I, haven't download- I haven't subscribed to it because I barely have time to play video games. Yeah. So, But I thought that was pretty cool. Apple breaking into the arcade app. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Adam McKay, director of Ant-Man and Wasp, has let it slip that there may not be an Ant-Man 3, and Scott Lang and Wasp would only continue in crossovers. 
Oh. I know. He has, however, uh, thrown his name in the hat for the Doom Project, even though the Legion writer and director has kind of talked like he already has dips. Doom like the video game Doom? No. Doctor Doom. Oh, Doctor yeah. Doom. Okay. And I was going to say, also, we've already been down yeah, that road once before. Uh, and he's also thrown his name in the hat for Phase 5 Silver Surfer that Ooh. was apparently not announced. I think he'd do good with sure. the Silver Surfer. He did well with Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of Phase 5, we got this covered, spoke with MCU writers, and when asked about Wolverine, they said that as of right now, it's Hughes' part to turn down. That their interest is offering it to him first. Well, he probably will turn it down. Yeah, because he said he's retired. Uh, but but Disney he also also said that being with the Avengers would make him double think. You know, think rethink twice about. That. Yeah, and I, I was gonna say, you know, Disney can pretty much offer him any amount of money that he would request. Yeah, absolutely. So that might be a big factor in that but if he says no to wolverine they're willing to discuss other roles you know so maybe that leaves the door open for uh sir patrick stewart and serene mckellen to return they're willing to they're they're getting up there though true you know i hate Um, to say it but smallville's tom welling has officially signed on to reprise his role as superman in crisis of infinite earths along with everybody else along with everyone else and uh they are also in talks with Dean Kane to come back as the fourth Superman. Oh, nice! This show. Could so you imagine there being like a whole team of Superman? Yeah, and they're just looking at each other. It's like that Spider-Man meme where yeah. they're pointing at each other. They're like, "But I'm Superman." No, no, I'm Superman. N- no, sir. No, sir. I'm, I'm Superman. Superman. <laughs> and then, uh, um, moving forward, J.J. Abrams just released a comic book. He did, and you I got it. I have it. The new Spider-Man comic book, right, right there. Uh, got, uh, it's got Mary Spidey Jane. and Mary Jane on the front. It was him and his son, correct? I don't know. I haven't read yeah. it yet. I think it was written by him and his son. Uh, however, Henry Abrams. Yeah. Yes, Henry Abrams. After doing that, he just recently signed a five-year exclusive deal with WB to only make content for them. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I can't say that he's one of my favorites, but it'll be nice to have him in WB. So I just opened the uh, the comic, and oh, on the back, here's a big end game. This is like our first like unpacking of something on on the air. I'm just gonna open to a couple of pages here. Wow. Oh. So okay, so over the course of the next week, we will both read this comic, mm-hmm. and we will let you guys know the verdict on it next week. Sweet, sweet. And here's an advertisement for the amazing Mary Jane. So Mary Jane's going to get her own comic book. Huh. Uh, Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right, so we'll give you guys the verdict next week on this. Uh, Our friend Carter at Tall Man Toys and Comics suggested this to us. And I went out there and picked it up. So, yeah. All right. Cool. How many? Be honest. Yeah. While you were at Tall Man, how many pops did you eye? Did I eye? Did you eye? Several. Several. Uh, but did you only come home with Kevin? Uh, yeah, but I actually day? didn't get Kevin Smith at Tall Man Toys and Comics. I got him somewhere else. Oh. I had Emma with me. She was eyeing a Mickey Mouse. Like, Ooh. listen, they have an entire wall. It's like floor to ceiling of pops. 
all yeah. the way across. One of the biggest pop collection stores in, in Knoxville. The area, probably. Um, <clears throat> we walk in, and almost immediately, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, oh, Mickey Mouse. Oh, and no. the, the owner of the store was there, and he was like, wow, she's got a good eye. And I'm like, look, this kid could spot Mickey Mouse. In a, in, in, a, in a Where's Waldo comic Exactly. Book. And the whole time we were there, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse. So I I should have I should have bought I should have bought that, but Maybe I didn't. Next time. But I didn't buy any pops. I'm trying to be better about pops. I'm you are to slow doing really down. well. I, I mean to tell you you're doing good. Kevin Smith was the first yep. uh pop that I've I've bought in several weeks. And you've actually gotten rid of some recently. Yeah, like between the like the three. donation you did with Tom yeah, and uh, you sold some too. I sold a couple. Good. Yeah. Well, hey, you're not too far gone to where you don't know when to stop. Yeah. So, that's good. Uh, moving on, after dying 23 times in his career, from being Alec Trevelyan in Goldeneye to Boromir in Lord of the Rings, and even as the beloved Ned Stark in Game of Thrones, Sean Bean has begun turning down roles based on living or dying. a boy. <laughs> his movement is known as hashtag please don't kill me. Uh, we're all about it. We love Sean Bean, but, you know, he does die well. So mm-hmm. There I mean, are worse problems to have, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> At least you're dying in Hollywood, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Good <laughs> moving point. Moving on. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is rumored to play Alfred Pennyworth in The Batman. What? Good move. That's a great idea. Move. Great idea. Fantastic. Um, moving on to our final bit of news, local news. And some of you all are not going to believe it. Morristown, Tennessee, right here. In Morristown, Tennessee, <laughs> we have an arcade now, yeah. a brand new arcade called Pastimes Arcade, and it's downtown, and it's pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I stuck my head in the other day and checked it out, and I uh, got a pool table and a bunch of arcade games from our childhood. And I mean, you think it has it, that nostalgia? You, you think it's where the nerds are going to hang out? I hope. Well, maybe we should slap a where sticker the on the door. Is, where our people are. Yeah, we should go to them. You have to go amongst the multitudes, I think, if you want to get your podcast even further. And I think those nerds are the nerds to talk to. I think we ought to hit them up. Yeah, so uh, that was the last bit of news, and that is your nerd news. You know, nerds, I just spent four hours of my life this week uh, re-watching the extended edition of Lord of the Rings Return of the King and... I had to take a break at some point and get some food, and my number one choice is always Akita Express. It's a family-owned restaurant where they treat you like family and feed you until you're full, and I can definitely attest to that. Uh, They believe in providing the best customer service and fast food for a reasonable price. Fresh hibachi grilled food in a matter of minutes. If you haven't tried it, first off, what are you thinking? They will take care of you. They will find you something you enjoy. 10 out of 10 would definitely recommend. Give Akita Express a try. They are at 3100 East Morst Boulevard, right here in Morristown, Tennessee. And when you stop by, tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you. Well, you know what that means. Uh, I think I do. I think that that means that it's time to... On the Lord of the Rings Return of the King. That's right. We are finally in the the final steps to Mount Doom. The finale. The finale. And wow, I'd forgotten just how long Return of the King was. 
Yeah, I mean, plus you had me watch the extended, so it was an extra what hour and a half, probably almost extra hour at worth least. Worth it. Oh gosh, so worth it, so worth it that I questioned the people who cut the movie because there were some pretty quintessential moments that should have been in the original cut. So because the whole uh, Saruman thing was cut out, Christopher Lee was so upset about it that he didn't even attend the premiere of The Return of the I King. I would have been pissed off too. Now, he did get over it, of course, because he came back to do The Hobbit later yeah. on. But uh, at the time, he was I pretty I would have been mad. I, I can Man, understand. I mad. It was a cool scene, too. Yeah, really so before was. we start, I, I have some fun facts here uh, about The Return of the King. Now, this is not like the thing that you normally do, the top... Unknown. Yeah. So, um, The Return of the King is widely regarded as one of the greatest and most influential fantasy films ever made. It grossed well over $1 billion worldwide, making it the highest grossing film of 2003 and the second highest grossing film of all time at the time of its release. Now, that's... <laughs> that's um, that's definitely not the case years anymore. Ago. Yeah. So the film won many awards including winning all 11 Oscars for which it was nominated at the 76th Academy Awards, therefore tying for the record for the most Academy Awards won by a single film alongside Ben-Hur and Titanic. And it holds the record for the highest clean sweep at the Oscars. It was the first fantasy film to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. It also was the last movie for 14 years to win the Academy Award for Best Picture without being chosen as one of the top 10 films of the year by the National Board of Review until the release of The Shape of Water in 2017. That's a weird movie. The film also won four Golden Globes, including Best Picture for Drama and Best Director, Peter Jackson, uh, two MTV Movie Awards, two Grammy Awards, nine Saturn Awards, the New York Film Critics Circle Award for Best Picture, the Nebula Award for Best Script, and the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation, Long Form. And the 11 Academy Awards that it won are as follows. Best Picture, mm-hmm. Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score, Best Original Song, Best Visual Effects, Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Film Editing. Well, I could not agree more. Right? Um, Right. I mean, it it really, even going back and watching it, though, it's still a masterpiece. It still holds up. For sure. Um, that's, That's quite an accomplishment for a nerdy fantasy movie. So I've been meaning to ask you this since the first Lord of the Rings uh, show we did. Have you ever done the full marathon? All three in one day? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Not the extended. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I've tried many times. I've only pulled it off once. Um, yeah, there was... Um, there used to always be a time during Christmas break that me and Mom would binge the trilogy Yeah. of Lord of the Rings. Has day. your mom seen the extended version? No. Well, well, we never had the extended versions. She would look at that and go, four hours, Tyler? <laughs> now she would definitely be like, I'm not watching four hours. I'd be like, okay, we'll break it up into two days. But maybe. Four hours, Tyler? It's you want still to a watch lot. Four? It's, still, it's still a lot. It's, it's quite a task to take on. But, um, but yeah, usually every year around Christmas break, there's a, a day that we just binge the trilogy. Um, it's our favorite, I think. Yeah. Uh, out of other fantasy genre. Uh, and correct 
Amundo on the it deserving all of those awards. For I mean, sure. Oh my gosh, it's the like uh, it's just so beautiful. Uh, and it's been a couple years or so since I'd sat down and watched Return of the King. So, um, I mean, it's not like I'd forgotten it or anything like yeah. that. But uh, it was nice to uh, sit down and, and enjoy it again after so long. Uh, I did do the whole thing in one day. Whew. You cut it in half. I, now, I had to do several sittings. Well, like here's I, the thing, man. Like, I started to watch it uh, yesterday evening after a terrible Tennessee Florida game. Oof. I thought that it would help, but I was just really tired. Yeah. And so I got through disc 1 and I was like I'm content with that tonight. Yeah. My whole goal was to watch it all last night, but I was already upset from our butts getting kicked yeah. by the Gators. I and started this morning and got like a couple scenes in, had to stop. Had to do something else. Started again. Had to stop. Do something else. <laughs> so it was like three or four different sittings that I had to watch it in. But uh, I got it done. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and start? Yeah. Yeah. You want right. to read the first part? Let's do it. Two hobbits, Smeagol and Deagle, are fishing when Deagle discovers the one ring in the river. Smeagol is ensnared by the ring and kills his friend for it. He retreats into the Misty Mountains, which is actually incorrect. He's banished to the Misty Mountains. As the ring twists his body and mind until he becomes the creature Gollum. I love the flashback uh, opening into this, but aren't they cousins? They are, I believe. The book has them as cousins. I think so. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that Smeagol still has the Gollum voice. Yeah. He's still the voice a was his already. Yeah. He had that Perlican, Perlican. It was and, weird. and the big eyes already too. He had I think Andy Circus has big eyes though. The I think the the coolest thing that I noticed was that that first moment when Smeagol sees the ring. He's the grabbed very first immediately. time this ju- it's it just love at first sight. It, exactly. That I can't even say it any better than that. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's 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 what happened. It's like an old 80s movie, the ring walked in the door, the fans blowing their the ring's hair. Yeah. Every step you take is playing <laughs> in the background, and he's just smitten. He was. He was. It Good was. job, Andy He Circus. played it well. He yeah. did. Um, the transformation that he goes through and they visualize there is still one of my favorite things. Uh, as well, if not better than... Uh, Theoden's transformation in the second movie. Yeah. Uh, watching him slowly become Gollum. Mm-hmm. And then those last moments, his face starts to actually take on the, the features. Mm-hmm. Like this last little bit of transformation. And I think they did it really well. Um, but yeah, I, I like the opening and uh, the explanation of it. Mm-hmm. Because the old animated weird thing explained in the very beginning of the first one. Yeah, it was part of the prologue. Yeah, it was part of the prologue. Yeah. So, it was cool that they included that. It really was. Now, do you want to read all these? It doesn't matter. Would you like me to read some? Why don't you read this one? I'll read this one. Centuries later, during the War of the Ring, Gandalf leads Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, and King Theoden to Isengard, where they reunite with Merry and Pippin. Gandalf retrieves the defeated Saruman's Palantir, Pippin later looks in the Seeing Stone and is telepathically attacked by Sauron. 
Gandalf deduces that Sauron will attack Gondor's capital, Minas Tirith. He rides there to warn Gondor's steward, Denethor, taking Pippin with him. Yeah. So this was the uh, Saruman scene we kind of briefly mentioned before that got cut. Yes. yes. And um, it was really cool. It's really, it's really cool. Like, I don't, I don't think it would have, I think it would have added better to keep it in. I th- yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been to... one of those been like, okay, that closed that door. On it, clo- we saw the chapter close. So in the book, this whole thing actually happens at the end. Like the ring is already gone. I, and it's like the from epilogue. what I remember. There's yeah. an epilogue called it's the like, scour- scourging of the shadow. So like yeah, from the fellowship when when he looks Frodo that is looks into the mirror of Galadriel and he sees the Shire burning and all that stuff mm-hmm. like that li- actually happens in the book. Saruman and and Wormtongue and them they show up and they trash the shire and um uh wormtongue comes up to saruman i think they're in bag end or somewhere in the in the they're in bag him and i'm pretty sure that mary brings some of the rohirrim i can't remember that part yeah i don't know if that's true or not but i do know that the hobbits there's uh hobbits are good archers Mm -hmm. apparently Mm -hmm. uh in the book and they just sort of pow 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 wormtongue and uh kill him Kind of like that death in the Umbrella Academy of uh, when she finds out that the boyfriend's been lying to her. Just oh Whoa. yeah, exactly. All those knives in him. Um, and I, I have it in the notes. I think that uh, the extended does much more justice to the characters of Wormtongue and Saruman mm-hmm. and their journey and closing that chapter of their journey. Um, this scene is also important because we. Throughout this whole trilogy, we see how powerful Saruman's words are, his voice, mm-hmm. and he's able to persuade and corrupt, and he ca- he causes this this guilt and self doubt in Gandalf, and you can see Gandalf's just like, oh yeah. no, you know, what have I done? The things that he's saying, it's like you're sending you know Frodo to his death, and you claim to love yeah. him, and look what you've done, and all mm-hmm. this, and. Um, that's about the time that Warren but I love when, shows uh, up and pow, kills him. I love when he shoots the fireball at Gandalf and it like wraps up to him and then it just kind of dissipates and Gandalf's just staring at him like, mm-hmm. anything else? Yeah, don't mess with Gandalf the White Son. He keeps calling him Grey too and he's like, like I don't know how many times I have to tell you, man. I'm the White now. Look at me. I'm not the Grey anymore. You lost your spot, bro. Um, and it doesn't say it in this wrap down, but th- we also get to see that cool... Ride back to Edoras, and they're they're cheering the party. You know the big party, and you know all Hell, the, the victorious, victorious dead. dead, and uh, and <laughs> Legolas and Gimli, Gimli drinking, drinking game. game, and that's not in the original, isn't it? Uh, no, I actually have uh, throughout after every reading, I have marked down differences mm-hmm. for you to hear. Okay, um, number one is the extended between Saruman and Wormtongue. Uh, the drinking game is not in the original. <laughs> the moment between Aragorn and Eowyn is not in the original. The moment between Aragorn and Mary when Pippin's leaving is not in the original cut, where he has to take Pippin to minister with him. Oh, the whole talk up. up he's on saying the like dark. I used to. I used to get him in the worst kind of trouble and all that stuff. Yeah. That part. He used to get in the whole worst part of trouble, and I had to get him out of it. Did you notice gonna... that? So you're talking about like when Gandalf and Pippin are on Shadowfax, and they're riding away, yeah. and they're watching. And did you notice that like Gandalf rides right through the water, and mm-hmm. there's all this grass next to him? It's yeah. Like, did you really have you to really go, have through, the to go through the water? You could have just like gone around. Now the horse is all wet. 
Uh, and also, um, some of the moments between Gondor, between uh, Gandalf and Pippin in Gondor. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like you said, I mean, they they could have been. They were rightfully cut. They, you still in the original version get the gist of the story without those scenes. Yeah, in if it, if it didn't some extra stuff. If it didn't further the um, plot. I but guess the Aragorn and Eowyn stuff that's in the extended that's not in the original uh, like is, her sleeping on the she couch. chose a weird spot to sleep like she's yeah. right in the middle of the throne room in the like, couch by a fire pit like just it's anybody like could walk in pass there out. she was the first to <laughs> she's the one we would have shaving creamed in, the, <laughs> in college <laughs> um, but you know he covers her up and she talks to him like what time is it and they actually have a, a moments that she talks about the dream she yeah, has, yeah. and that kind of put, adds to the the love the, that pushes towards the scene they have before he goes to the Demont Road, mm-hmm. where he says it's a you know it's a shadow of a it's a shadow of a belief that you love, mm-hmm. you know, and he's basically saying, "Listen, sweetheart, you know I'm, I ain't the I'm one 90 for you. Years old, and I'm not the one for you." Um, but those, I mean, just in that little bit of time. There's already six or seven differences that were cut out. Um, and I love... One, one note I took, aside from the differences, is you also get to see the back and forth between Gollum and Smeagol. Mm-hmm. And Smeagol is to the camera, and Gollum is the reflection of In the, the water. water. So it's that cool, like different characters talking to one another and i always get like i always pop for the part when sam pops up behind him and just pow beats the snot out of going yeah Um, i I mean i I love this was when i really i started typing like crazy just like oh my god like everything that already is in the extended that was not in the original cut is just it's just amazing what (laughs) i really would like to know what goes into cutting a movie me too uh, you want to get the next one? Yeah. Gollum leads Frodo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee to Minas Morgul, where they watch the Witch King, leader of the Nine Nazgul, lead an army of orcs toward Gondor. The hobbits begin climbing a stair caved in the cliff face that will take them into Mordor via a secret way, unaware that Gollum plans to kill them and take the ring. The Witch King and his forces strike and overwhelm Osgiliath, forcing Faramir and his garrison to retreat to Minas Tirith. There's four differences in just that little bit. Okay. Uh, part of their journey through the relics of Gondor before they get to Minas Morgul. Yeah, they see the statue yeah, of the old king. Of the old king. Okay. And that's not in the original cut. I think I remember that part. Um, everything before Faramir says, uh, everything before the orc captain says, quiet. And then before Faramir says, to the river, quick. All that's not in the original. Hmm. The guy getting shot with the arrow, Faramir and his second in command having a conversation, none of that's in the original version. So I probably haven't seen the the theatrical cut, yeah. the non-extended cut, since like 2003 or four. I mean, you seriously should try watching through those, because you'll be sitting there going, oh wow. I'll definitely notice what's missing. Yeah, because it's, it's, you know, an hour extra of scenes yeah. almost. Um after the beacons are lit, some of the moments in Rohan uh, are different. Yeah. Are extra. And also, Denethor's scene with Faramir, where he has the flashback. He sees Boromir behind Faramir. That's yeah. That's not in the theatrical Really? Cut. None of that. It's literally just 
Um, it, co- it cuts, like, we don't see Pippin and Faramir talking to each other. None of that. The fact that he's wearing Faramir's old suit. Oh, we yeah. We don't get any of that. Uh, we get straight to Pippin saying his speech, and Faramir says, you know, he says, I don't think we should leave our defenses. You know, you need to go back. Your brother fought so hard to get those. And then straight into the sad song with Pippin. Mm-hmm. I mean, he cuts out a lot right there. Wow. Um, but I enjoyed it. And who is the orc captain with the um, messed up face? He was made just for the movie. Like, just he, for this He's movie. not from the books or anything like that. It's just I'm a, trying to think back to the books. I'm like, yeah, a, that's just a Peter Jackson creation. Huh. Just wanted a weird looking orc commander. Yeah. Quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I always love one note I have is I always love the lighting of the beacon scene. Oh, for you know, sure. Could you imagine getting to be in that helicopter? You know, getting those shots throughout the mountains and the different scenery of the mountains. Did you ever like see that. Family Guy did a parody of that whole thing one time? No. Yeah, we'll have to look that up and maybe share it on our page or something. <laughs> but yeah, they did a little parody of that scene. It's a pretty memorable scene. It is. It like, is. what if, what if the guy like midway through all the beacons was like taking a nap, and he didn't catch it, and then it's like the whole thing is ruined right then and there. Or he tripped and the fire went out. <laughs> it's just uh, somebody go get two sticks to rub together. And the guys up there, the, the one that Pippin snuck up there and lit, yeah. like they were so surprised. It's like, well, somebody's getting fired. Well, dead gummit. But it Pun turned intended. out they needed. To oh, light the gosh. beacons. So. Yes, they did. Denethor is such a terrible human being. Denethor is a schmuck. What a schmuck. Ugh. But a great actor. Great voice actor, too. Yeah, John Noble. Yeah. All right. Whose turn is it now? I think it's mine. Okay. Gollum disposes of the Hobbit's food, blaming Sam. Frodo tells Sam to go home before Frodo and Gollum continue to the tunnel leading to Mordor, where Gollum tricks him into venturing into the lair of the giant spider Shelob. Frodo narrowly escapes and confronts Gollum, telling him that he must destroy the ring for both of their sakes. Gollum attacks Frodo, but falls down a chasm. Frodo continues on, but Shelob discovers, paralyzes, and binds him. However, Sam arrives and injures Shelob, driving her away. Sam hides as orcs appear and take Frodo with them. The orcs start a fight I love this scene, over ownership of Frodo's mithril vest. Along, along, allowing Sam to escape with Frodo and continue their journey. The fight in the tower between the orcs and the goblins, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess this is still... It's the orcs in the... Uh, the, the, uh, the, the, same, the same guys from Two Towers. Uruks. The Urukai, so it's yeah. orcs and Urukai. Yeah. Fighting. Yeah. And uh, the way he knocks them down, they're fighting over them, and he just, they, everybody just kind of gets their attention, and they're just like, looking at him and he they all look up at their leader and he goes he tried to knife me mm-hmm. kill him merely a lie i mean it's clearly a lie that he tried to knife him he's like no we're taking all these to the great eye and he's like i want it and like he drop kicks one out the window yeah which he starts, did this whole scene was like the beginning of a food fight in a high school cafeteria <laughs> like it just gradually built just like ah mashed potatoes and just it all built to this massive never thought of it that way um hey here's a fun bit of trivia for you what in uh okay so you know after frodo gets stabbed or whatever and she lobs wrapping frodo up in the web and then you see 
Sam's arm pop up into the frame and he's holding the sword and everything. Mm -hmm. That is Peter Jackson's arm. Because he was trying to tell him what he wanted. You know, he wanted just a certain amount of Sam's arm to be seen. And they they couldn't get it right. Because I think he was on another location doing something. He said, you know what? Hang on. I'll come over there and I'll show you. And he just put it on and he did it himself. And that was his arm. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how I remember that, but it's true. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Two differences. Um just in this little bit, uh, more of the Faramir and Pippin moment, and also uh, Eowyn and Aemir. Um, there's a whole scene where he's. Um, oh man! I do not. I do not doubt his heart. Only yeah. the reach of his arm. It's when they're at the camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, there's more to it. Like he does say that bit in the theatrical cut. But there's this whole, like, then he walks up to her and he goes, no, he'll see the war, he'll see the battle, the blood, the, the death. And the, he'll run. And he'll run. And he'd be right to do and so. he'd be right to do And I, I truly think that he's saying, I know what you're getting at. He does. You're not going. Yeah. Because they're brother and sister. Yeah. You know, they're you're twins. not. Go- they're twins. You're not going with us. You can use Mary as the excuse all you want to. I know what you're saying. Yeah, he knew. Um, those were... Uh, the only two differences, and I would not be caught dead climbing a staircase like they have to climb. Heck it's not a no. staircase; it's a ladder. That's a that's rock it's a death wall trap. climbing. <laughs> They're like, oh, Gollum's like, these are stairs. I'd be like, no, those are not stairs. That's you know. So I'm, I'm gonna. Not, I'm just gonna go back to the black gate and just knock on the door. And yeah, that'd be a lot easier. And the way they sleep, because they take a nap halfway through and but Sam's you know just on this ledge. They're so tired at this point. Yeah. You know what but they could the probably toss and away. turn at night. I'd have just been like Yeah, I'd be there dead. Goes Tyler. <laughs> and gone. like throughout all of these scenes that like you know, they'll be climbing and it'll go somewhere else and it'll cut back. The army from Minas Morgul, they're marching. still marching out. It's just endless. Still marching. I remember being fourteen years old and sitting in the movie theater and seeing Return of the King for the first time. And I just remember how angry I was at all of the Gollum stuff. Like when he frames when he frames yeah. Sam, he puts the crumbs of the Limbus bread on his, his shoulder. And he, he's like scratching his head when Frodo wakes up. And they're like, oh, what happened to the food? And Gollum's like, oh, gee, I don't know. He's scratching his head. I'm like, he you. Knows that Frodo knows he doesn't eat Limbus bread. Frodo's an idiot. Through this whole thing. Are yes, you kidding is. me? Oh, That's well, this Gollum, who tried to kill us when he first found us. I and trust him. Wants the ring more than anything. I believe him over you. Oh, I trust him because, you know, he knows what it's like to carry this ring. And he I gets get it. I get that it's part of the ring. I get that it's dulling his senses and making him an idiot. But at some point, I just wanted Sam just to smack the crap out of Frodo and go, Are you kidding me, me man? Too. You know what I've sacrificed? To carry your butt here this entire way. Rosie's in the Shire waiting on me, and I'm here with you climbing rocks in Mordor. (laughs) (sighs) You just gonna tell me to go away for some freaking bread? (laughs) I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, but it made me crazy. And so every time they got a hold of Gollum, and you know, there was a lot of times where they'd give him a little punch to the head, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Hit him! Hit him again! I love that Drop part. the elbow! Um, <laughs> but I love Sam, so I just felt so bad oh, for him no. when Frodo's like, you know what, you need to go home, go and home, he just, just no he collapses and starts crying and everything. I'm like, man, poor Sam. Sam's such a good 
friend. He's the most loyal yes. character. To I can't. I can't. I can't think of a character in any literature who's more loyal than, than Sam. Sam. Can, I can't if either. you are listener listeners out there, if you can think of anyone in literature or any type of thing like this who's more loyal than Sam Gamgee, you let, you us, let know, us know because I can't think of anyone. Um, this is also the the series of scenes where we get Pippin's song, mm-hmm. and I actually used this song uh, for my audition at Shenandoah, my freshman year of college. Wow! I use this song. I love this song. It is a good song. Uh, yeah, Billy Boyd's a very good singer. Uh-huh. Uh, he did um, a talk show years and years ago, and he was talking about you know being a musician and everything, and he sang "Baby One More Time." Hit, hit me, baby, one more time. Whatever the name of it is. Yeah, you sang that Britney Spears song. I want to say it was. Do you know that Sharon Osbourne used to have a talk show? Like oh, before, no. before the talk. Before the talk. She had her yeah. own show. I, I want to say it was that he was on there. This is something you can look up on YouTube, people. Um, and he sang that song, and for some reason that just stuck with me. You know, a lot of people don't know that he did the voice to Chucky's son. I did know that in the Killer Doll, the mm-hmm. uh, the son, the seed of Chucky. Yeah, is what it's called, and he played the son. Of Chucky. Are you proud of me now, Dad? Billy Boyd is another member of the Fellowship that I have met. How's he? Uh, he was very friendly. Very sweet. He was very very nice. Very nice guy. Um, I love watching their uh, behind-the-scenes antics. Because they ran around just like Mary and Pippin ran yeah. around. Those two actors like bonded more yeah, than they anything. Did. They really were Mary and Pippin on set. Uh, a suggestion for everyone. if uh, Go on YouTube and look up. They... They tried to prank Elijah Wood, like they did like a punked thing. Yeah, he was at the you know the press conferences doing interviews and stuff for a movie, and they were in another room or something, and they were telling the guy what to ask Elijah Wood or something like that. I can't remember, but it's really funny stuff. And it so is, it is you don't have to look very hard to find it. And one thing that I have never noticed until watching, and it's not because it's extended cut; it's always there, apparently. Um, you know when he's looking down the DeMont Road when Aragorn's just staring down the road? Yeah. I never know noticed that the king just kinda appears. Oh, the there's little like glimpse of him? There's a glimpse of him just kind of mm-hmm. and he's like pointing. I've never noticed that in any time I've watched it until this time I just happened to be looking closer to the screen and I was like, Huh. Never noticed that. Yeah, it just goes to show like you can probably notice something new just about every time you watch Absolutely. it. Absolutely, especially in a four-hour movie. Uh, oh my gosh! Yes. All right, shall we move on? Yes, you get to read this, and this is a lot. Oh more boy, <laughs> this is like an hour and a half of the movie right here. <laughs> Aragorn learns that Elrond. Sorry, let me start the again. Aragorn learns from Elrond that Arwen is dying, having refused to leave Middle Earth after seeing a vision of her son with Aragorn. Elrond gives Aragorn Anduril, forged from the shards of Isildur's sword, Narsil. It's actually Isildur's father, Elendil's sword. So he can reclaim his birthright while gaining reinforcements from the dead men of Dunharrow. Joined by Legolas and Gimli, Aragorn travels to the Paths of the Dead, recruiting the army of the dead by pledging to release them from the curse Isildur put on them. So he put he put the curse on them because they were supposed to help. They were supposed to help. They didn't, and he said, "Okay, well, You'll until you rest. make up for it, you're never going to rest." Yeah. And I know there was an added thing in this where, like, because normally in the in the regular cut, he's Aragorn's asking him, "Hey, are you going to help us? What say you? What say you? Stop." 
There's but, an entire, like, it's almost like the level in the game. Where, like, there's these swirling mists coming around mm-hmm. them, and Gimli has these comedic, like, stepping on skulls, like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And Legless does this creepy poem, and everything, talking about, you know, the DeMont man, men, and all that. And, mm-hmm. and they, when he first says, what say you, the king just laughs, and they all start walking away, and these skulls just... It's like an earthquake happens, and all these dead skulls it's a just flood start. Like of a skulls, flood, like a just, waterfall, yeah, um, skullfall, something nice. like that. Nice. Yes. And then they escape out the back and see the pirate ships, right? And of course, the king then pops out and goes, "We will fight." Do you think that was a test? I don't know. Like, let's see if they survive this. I mean, it, I think this is probably why they cut it because why would he? do all that knowing that Aragorn is clearly the heir. He He's the got sword. the sword. You know? Yeah. So I think that's why they cut it. I think it was probably the right move, to yeah, be honest with you. that was the right move. To it was it. cool to see it, though. I, however, I did like the... Um, is this the moment where they're standing on the beach, too? When the pirates come up to them? Oh, yeah. He says, you and what like, army? This like, army. This army. And they just... That's when uh, Peter Jackson makes his cameo. As a pirate. He's one of the pirate guys. Uh, he's the guy cracking the whip on yep. the ship. Yep. And uh, everyone's like, you know, fire a warning shot over, over their head. He's like, oh, mind your aim. And he nudges Legos a little bit. You know, you don't mess with the elf's aim. Yeah. And then right into Peter Jackson's <laughs> chest kills him. Legolas <laughs> looks at him like, what the heck, man? Gimli's always ready to I go. I love man. it. I love it. Alright, so continuing. Faramir is gravely wounded after a futile effort to retake Osgiliath. Thanks for nothing, Denethor. Ugh. Believing his son to be dead, Denethor falls into madness. He didn't care that much about him before he sent him off know. to just let him well, die. And at this point, he's being a diva, Yeah, too. Denethor's the worst. Gandalf is left to defend the city against the orc army, led by Gothmog. As Goth- his name. That's his name. Okay. As Gothmog's army forces its way into the city, Denethor attempts to kill himself and Faramir on a pyre. Because he doesn't realize that Faramir's still alive. Yeah. Pippin alerts Gandalf and they save Faramir, but a burning Denethor leaps to his death from the top of Minas Tirith just before Theoden and his nephew Aemir arrive with the Rohirrim. Um, I know I keep interrupting this summary part, but do you notice in the part when Gandalf reaches uh where they're about to set themselves on fire how tired he looks who gandalf gandalf's yeah. eyes are like he's yeah. got bags under his eyes because he's been up fighting for like a day yeah. or two days yeah. or something yeah i always notice that just how tired and um, beaten down he you looks know that gothmog was in uh the hobbit he plays one of the troll king's little minions. really yeah he's a extra troll in the troll with the troll king why i wonder He's just an extra that they've used huh. before. During the ensuing battle, they are overwhelmed by the Oliphant riding Herodrim, which they're from the Two Towers. That's yeah. uh, when... Look, Mr. Frodo, an Oliphant. Yeah. While the Witch King mortally wounds Theoden. Though Theoden's niece Eowyn destroys the Witch King with Mary's help, Theoden succumbs to his wounds. Great moment there. I know I your face. No man. Oh, that too. I'm no man. Oh she stabs God. the witch king in the face yeah, and kills him. That same moment from the sequel. I, know, the sequel. Your I know your face. I know your face. Love um, that. I love. I love that moment. Um, Aragorn arrives with the army of the dead right in the nick of time, who overcomes the orcs and win the battle. Aragorn then frees them. 
from the curse. Would have been nice if he'd taken him to Mordor with him. I'm with Gimli. Yeah. He's like... He's like, bad idea. He I said, had that he had release us. <laughs> bad idea. I agree. But, you know, Aragorn has to be all honorable Respect and stuff like that. Baby face. Nah. Aragorn decides to lead his army upon the Black Gate as a distraction so Frodo and Sam can get to Mount Doom. So, a lot of differences in all of this. Yeah? We just read an hour and a half of the movie. Pretty much. Um, like I said, the weird little Legolas poem as they're walking to the, the door under the mountain. It's it's just, it's not in the theatrical cut. Very creepy. Um, some of the mo- moments in the mountain that made it look like a level of a video game from the PlayStation game. Return I remember King. it. Yeah. Um, all of Gimli's funny moments... Uh, the moments where they escape the mountain and the dead king comes out to help them with the pirates, that's not in the theatrical, which you just said. Yeah. Probably smart to cut that. Uh, some of the battle sequences at Minas Tirith are extra. Yeah. Um, was it in the original cut when Aragorn and Gimli, I think, kill the... Uh, no. Kill Gothmog or whatever no. his name is? Uh, yeah, Gothmog. That's not in the theatrical cut. Yeah. You just think that he gets run over by the Rohirrim. Yeah, they take him out. Yeah, that's what they do in the theatrical cut. And I think that's that's after the Aowen stuff. Yeah, he chases Aowen in the extended cut. Right. He's like limping and she's trying to crawl away and unknowingly Aragorn and Gimli just walk up on him and wham, 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 yeah. kill him. Not knowing this is also crawling away. Legolas has his epic moment. With the Oliphant. He climbs, still on the conscious one. climbs up the arrows, stuck to the Oliphant, jumps up there, shoots like two or three arrows into its head and kills it, slides down the trunk. <laughs> Legolas is the man. He really is. Oh, gosh. Um, also, uh, the trio on the beach warning the pirates. Very funny moment. Um, the stuff with Mary and Eowyn on the road to Minas Tirith. That's not in the theatrical version. Where she kind of starts questioning, and he goes, "Milady, I shouldn't be here. You know, oh, I'm a says, hobbit. I just want to help my friends. I just want to help my friends. Yeah. I want to see them again. You know, I I know that I could die tomorrow, but I just want to help. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what's great about Mary is he's there for those moments where he's just like, I just like even with Treebeard in the sequel, he's like, we have to help. It's we not, have to do our part. Nothing like the heart of a hobbit. Love him. Um." The fight between the Gandalf and the Witch King, not in the theatrical cut. Uh, you talking about when he, when the Witch King, uh, like blows up Gandalf's staff? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because you know, in the theatrical cut, if you notice, like when they get to the Black Gate and they're charging in to start the fight, Gandalf doesn't have his staff. But he has it at the docks. Yeah, well, you know, that's a couple years later, so oh, okay. he has time to he has to time to make a new staff, carve out a new one. Yeah. <laughs> There's one of my other favorite moments uh, is somewhere in this whole bit. Uh, it's when Gandalf and Pippin are sitting down. They're, the troll is trying to break through the door, and they're oh, sitting he's there. And about heaven, basically. He's like, you know, I didn't think it would end this way. And Gandalf says, oh, no, th- this isn't the, the end. end. And he tells him this. He gives him this beautiful description of what it's, it's like to die and everything. We'll get to that. Yeah. Remind, yeah. remind me when yeah. we get to that, and I'll talk so, about it. So, some other things. Eowyn and Mary's extra fight scenes. Aside okay. from the Oliphant, they had other fight scenes together. Uh-huh. Um, those weren't in the theatrical. I would have liked those because it yeah. would have shown them fighting. Uh, the trio killing 
Gothmog's not in it. Uh, the moment where Aomir finds Aowen and loses. Oh yeah, is mine. The Houses of Healing. Yes. Uh, that's in there that's too. That's not in the theatrical cut. None uh, of those are in the theatrical cut. You get to cut. see uh, Faramir and Aowen Aowen meet for the moment. first time. Yeah, the look. They have a I couple of it. scenes. Yeah, there's a couple of scenes that aren't in the original. In, in the original, the only time you ever see any little hint of the Faramir and Aowen deal is at the very end at the yeah. coronation of and Aragorn. Together. They're standing together, and that's it. But yeah. But they All definitely that stuff get married. In the theatrical cut, I was like, okay, I would have liked those. Yeah. I would have liked those moments because that would have given you, because you're just at the end like, well, how did they hook up? Like, yeah. How did we get here? Sort of a little, uh, uh, you know, a little put a little bow on, on Faramir and Eowyn's mm-hmm. individual stories that they come together. I love that. I love, you don't I get love that, that, in the that extra stuff. Um, I have a couple of notes written down here. What do you think Elrond was telling Theoden? In the tent, when Aragorn walks in to talk to Elrond, what do you think he was telling Theoden? How he dies? Because remember, Could be. Aragorn, he does. He has the gift of foresight. He does. I don't know why he would tell him that though. Maybe like you won't survive the war, or um, I think it had to be something about Aragorn because when Theoden walks by, he kind of gives Aragorn a little pat on the shoulder. He has this look like. Oh boy! Good luck. Yeah, this is your moment. I've never thought about that before. Because like, and I, today was the first day I thought about it. I was like, "Interesting." He's talking to him. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Elrond's saying to yeah. him. Yeah, because he usually has those moments of saying like, "Oh, you're not gonna make it." Like he says stuff to like that. Like I looked into your future and I saw death. Yeah. Or, um, stuff I just like, feel and in like the book he would say things to people like. Kind of like in Game of Thrones when somebody said Arya would kill people with brown eyes, with green eyes, with blue eyes. Stuff like that. Elrond says that kind of things to people, and they're just like, uh, mm-hmm. what is that cryptic, supposed to mean? Cryptic stuff. Um, I love the moment where they're in the in the mountain, and uh, the, the dead king says, the dead do not suffer the living. And Aragorn looks at him and goes, you will suffer me. That's one of my favorite lines, too. Yeah. Because he's got the sword, and he's just, You will suffer me. Uh, oh, so good. So good. So good. Yeah, I'm, I mean, a, I'm a sucker for lines. You're having like, a nerdgasm over I, I am. I am. <laughs> um, so, also a funny moment here. I said, Josh, in Two Towers, we discussed how loyal Brego was when Aragorn was really hurt. But the minute they're at that door, he's like, Dude! Like, just runs away. Because, <laughs> like, this wind comes out of the door, and he's just like, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> Brago ain't messing with no he's ghosts. He's just like, hey, Brago. <laughs> Never <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> um, and like we said earlier, um, when she kills the, the witch, witch king, king, I am no man, that line is is just pivotal. Yeah. I think it's a very pivotal line. And Purposely I've, put there, <clears throat> great moment, great move putting that moment there um because if you look at it in two factors he says no living man can kill me mary's not really a man he's a hobbit Mm -hmm. he stabs him in the back and then she pulls her helmet off and does that whole i am no man and just stabs him in the face i I love that and a franchise full of you know strong Strong men men. this is the one girl power moment Mm -hmm. in the whole thing Mm mm-hmm and I loved it. And this is also a, a love every time Sam comes to the rescue. Sam's the best. He really is. Sam is the best character. Yeah. The true hero. He really is. 
Should we get to this last big chunk here? Because I have all kinds of interesting things to tell you about the last little bit here. Okay. Let's do it. Read the... This is you. This is me. All right. Aragorn's army draws out Sauron's forces and empties Mordor, allowing Frodo and Sam to reach the volcano. But Gollum attacks them just as they reach Mount Doom. As he stands on the ledge over the volcano fire, Frodo succumbs to the ring and claims it as his own. Gollum attacks Frodo and bites his finger off to reclaim the ring. Frodo fights back, and as they struggle over the ring, they both fall off the ledge. Gollum falls into the fire with the ring and dies. Frodo clings to the side of the ledge, and Sam rescues him as the ring disintegrates into the lava. As Frodo and Sam escape, Sauron is destroyed, along with his force... Sorry to interrupt, but the way that the ire of Sauron reacts to the ring melting... I make those same eye gestures when my contact folds up in my eye. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Along with the forces of the Nine, as Mordor, Mordor crumbles, Gandalf flies in with the eagles to rescue the hobbits, who awake later in Minas Tirith, and are reunited with the surviving Fellowship members. Aragorn is crowned king of Gondor and takes Arwen as his queen. The Hobbit... no, I'm sorry. You know what gets me every time? It's like, <laughs> we've waited for thousands of years for a king, and here he is, and it's great. And Aragorn gives this great speech about peace for everyone, and everybody's applauding. He's like, all right, I'm the king. Now everybody shut up so I can perform a concert for you. And he sings. He sings this weird And everybody's song. like, oh, I guess we have to stop and listen to the king sing, because he's in charge now. He sings How this obnoxious. weird Elvish, Elvish song. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, the hobbits return home to the Shire where Sam marries Rosie. A few years later, Frodo departs Middle-earth for the Undying Lands with his uncle Bilbo, Gandalf, and the elves. He leaves Sam the Red Book of Westmarch, which details their adventures. Sam then returns to the Shire where he embraces Rosie and their children. One of those children, the first one... is Peter Jackson's daughter. No. The little girl that runs out of the door and runs to Sam on the road, that's Sean Astin's real daughter. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that cute? That is adorable. I wonder why Frodo didn't leave back in to Sam. Yeah, I guess this is like the day after, so he might have. But, he might have, but. You know. you know that Sam becomes the mayor of the Shire? I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. he becomes the mayor. Um, now I want to go back and read read them me too and do a whole maybe episode next season on the differences in the book and the movie so i want to go ahead and ask you about this thing that i know is an extended scene okay tell me your thoughts on the mouth of sauron at the black gate uh yeah i have that down as who in the heck is the mouth of sauron right (laughs) and where did he come from he is terribly creepy yeah because he'd deliver a line and then he'd smile. smile He's called. He's the Black Lieutenant. He, uh, he's like a. He's he was a man. Was a man. Was and because the idea here is that he's like the mouth of Sauron, so he delivers messages. You know, Sauron doesn't speak English, so he comes Telepathically. out and, and so from just from speaking the words of Sauron, it's warped his body mm. and warped his mouth. Yeah, so much. And if you if you're listening and you haven't seen the extended version, you should go on the internet 
and look up the mouth of Sauron from the Return of the King the movie. Watch the whole scene. Watch the whole scene. Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, because he has the mithril vest and he's like, I did not realize that little men could endure so pain, endure, endure so, much, so pain. much suffering, but he did, Gandalf. And he, he did. did. Oh, and when he says he did, Gandalf calls him by his name, like, and it's the creepy smile, like. After every delivery of every little, like, I have some things to tell you. It's like an insult to the injury. Yeah. Plus, I kind of want to be like, God, brush this guy's teeth. Like They don't, they don't, have, they don't have Colgate anymore. They in don't have toothbrushes. <laughs> he got all those teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> so, some more of the differences beside the mouth of Sauron. Um, Sam and Frodo moment, where Frodo is near death multiple times. Um, like, when Frodo says he can't go on and... Sam sees the star in the sky. And oh, before they destroy just, the ring. He just looks down at Frodo and he goes, you're going to get up. And you're going to go straight up there. We're going to, like the constant, just like the coach. Let us be rid of it once and Let for all. Let us be rid of it once and for all. The part where Sam and Frodo get drugged into the infantry of orcs. Yeah. Not in the theatrical cut. Oh, when they'd have the inspection yeah, and, and all like that? Yeah, they're like in the orc costumes and mm. they're like, all right, get in line. Now that line. is like straight from the book. Yeah, it pretty is. Pretty sure. Uh, not in the theatrical, the lovely moment between Faramir and Eowyn and Minos mm-hmm. Tirith that we talked about, and the moment between Aragorn and Sauron, where Aragorn looks at, grabs the, the Palantir, and he's basically looking at him saying, you've been looking for me. Basically saying, like, I'm coming for you. I, I hadn't thought about this until today, and this is a book thing, but I'm pretty sure that Denethor had another one of those Palantirs. That's how he seen. So I'm wondering, is that Denethor's Palantir that they found, or is that the same Palantir that they got from Saruman in the beginning? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know, I remember in the book, he has one of the Sing Stones. Yeah. And that's why the White Tower is And that's blind. probably why Denethor's so like, you know what, there's just no hope, doesn't matter anyway. That, and he's why he's such a jerk. And he's just a butt. So. Um, but those are some differences. Um, <laughs> there's a funny scene... It's not a funny scene. It's not. I laughed at it today out loud. And Dad was like, why are you laughing? I was like, I've never noticed, but when they're walking across the plane, and like Frodo's holding the ring, and they're back in their regular clothes, and Frodo's swatting at stuff mm-hmm. in front of him, I guess he's seeing visions. But like, it looks like he's like, these bees, they're just... These bees are terrible, Sam. Get That's these, what I always thought get it was. These bees like, out of here. <laughs> they've they've been bees, wearing man. the same clothes since Fellowship since of the Ring, Fellowship man. They probably like... stink and they're attracting flies like Pigpen. <laughs> like pig That's what um, I thought. Aragorn's speech. Which one? The Shattered Shield speech. Oh. It's one of the best speeches in film, mm. I think. I mean, it's, it's a good the, one. It's up there with like Independence Day, Bill Pullman's speech. Yeah. Um, I love it. The. I mean, again, I, with this entire trilogy, I've been like a fanatic about lines. Um, never thought I'd die side by side with an elf. How about side, I'm by, side by side with, with a friend? friend. I, I, Legolas I, and Gimli are such—they're such a good pair. So in uh, in the book, they build their own boat, mm-hmm. and they go and explore Middle Earth. Earth and all that. And eventually, when they're done, I believe—you know—I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure. They then go to the Undying Lands to meet their friends together. Uh, yeah, isn't that sweet? Romance. Uh, you were talking about the the speech Aragorn gives. This is at the Battle at the Black Gate, right? Yes. So, okay, you remember when uh, there's that, 
Aragorn has that fight with that big armored troll. Mm-hmm. So the original idea for that was that it was going to be the embodiment of Sauron, like from the first one with the the mace yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like you know, that was going to be him. But I guess they thought this doesn't really make a lot of sense. This might be confusing, so they changed it to a troll. I would have loved. It would have been cool though to see the embodiment of Sauron. Would have been pretty Sauron cool. Again. Oh, that would have been cool. And of course, we get our favorite line. And this, I cannot carry for you, but I can carry you. So when I met Sean Astin, I he was he was a lovely man. He was so so nice. I was like, I hate to ask you to write this much, but this is my favorite line from the entire trilogy. Absolutely. And he did it. So I have a picture of Sam holding a sword and the file, uh, the file from Galadriel, right when he's about to fight Shelob, and he wrote to Josh. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you, Sean Astin. That's awesome, man. That is beautiful. I've got a picture Um, of it on my phone. I'm going to show you, and maybe we can share it uh, later this week on the page. The minute that Frodo were to look at me in the mountain and make his decision, nope, the ring is mine, I would sweet chin him. I would just straight up super kick him in the face and go, you know what? I'm just sick of this. I'm, I'm tired, tired of your of crap, Frodo. Wham! Right into the lava. Bye. You know, again, like, just the whole, like, no. The ring is mine. All right. I've given you chance after chance after chance, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> so, and then I was I'm with you. Um, and technically, Gollum destroyed the ring. He did. I think he that's fitting. He played his part. That's fitting. He played his part. Yeah. Like Gandalf said he would. He, that's right. Uh Enough knows. He knows everything. He I remember knows. I remember seeing it in the theater and about the time that we got to the Battle of Pelennor Fields, I had to pee. Yeah. Because I had a big drink. But I was like, there ain't a chance I'm missing a second of this. Like wow. it was almost like in game level to me. Like yeah. I was not leaving in game for anything. I wasn't leaving Return of the King for anything. No. So from Pelennor Fields until the end of the movie, I was about to bust. And I remember, like, they they run out of Mount Doom and they're laying on that rock and talking about all the things they wish that they could see from the Shire and they're pretty much ready to die. And then there's, like, blackout. And it makes you think for a, about a half ending. a second. The first ending. It's the end of the movie. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Peter Jackson, explain yourself. What is this? And then there was, you know, more. And then there was another thing that seemed Cuts like an out. ending. And then, and then another. And then there's like five endings in this movie. Sitting there like, and my uh, bladder's just like, dude. <laughs> oh, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. Uh, so, I love the, re- uh, you know, one of the endings is the reunion of the Fellowship. Because mm-hmm. this entire time, Frodo's thought Gandalf was dead. Yeah. So is Sam. Yeah. Like, they haven't seen him since Mor- Moria. Mm-hmm. So when he, I mean, imagine being Frodo and you're open your eyes, you're alive you've done it and there's your your grandfather your you know your your mentor your safe you know your safe haven you yeah. know you always you've always said that you anytime Gandalf's around you feel safe yep um so one question i had in the book well in at the end of this movie um he says it's it's been 13 months and we're back home 
It's been almost a year to the day since Weathertop, and this this wound is never healed. No, that was four years to the day. That's even farther in the four, future. That's yeah. even farther. So 13 months in the movie is when they get back. They're yeah. back at the Green Dragon. Yep. And first off, would you not feel weird that nobody's like, where in the heck have you all been? Like, life just continued. They probably did. Yeah. I and mean... They come up in these wealthy-looking garbs. If you remember in The Hobbit... Um, and I've only watched the Hobbit movies and full of times, so I can't remember how in-depth they got into this, but in the book, for sure, like, when Bilbo goes on his adventure and he comes back, everyone thought he was dead. Yeah. And so the Sackville Bagginses were, like, auctioning off all of his stuff. Yeah. And he comes back and is like, hey, I'm still here. I'm, yeah. I'm you know. So they probably did. Um, they just didn't bother to go into that. But is it 13 months in the book? How long is the journey of the ring in the you book? You know... I had it's this feeling. Years. I had this feeling that you were going to ask me this for real, and I don't know for sure, but I actually think that's pretty accurate. I think it is just like a little over a year. Really? Yeah, I think. Huh? We'll have to do some research on that. I knew you were going to ask me that. I just Why knew didn't it. You do it. I don't know. I don't. Know. I have just been buried in paperwork. I- <laughs> <laughs> I've had countless meetings. <laughs> um, Let's talk about the moment. After Aragorn's obnoxious singing and, you know, all that stuff, when they walk up to the hobbits and they oh. bow, he says, my friends, you, you bow to no one. To I remember me. that was one of those moments the first time I saw it. And even really now to this day, like, you get that little feeling in your throat like, <gasps> oh, miss because eyes. they've been through so much. Yeah, and, and they're hobbits. They're such small little people and now everybody's like, no, you're the heroes. You're the heroes here. Such a good moment. That's such a. That's like the second best moment of the entire movie, aside from "I Can't Carry You." Exactly. I, I I would agree with that, but I also love "I Am No Woman," and suffer me. I am no man. I am no man. Yeah. Yeah. And suffer me. Um. Old Bilbo. Oh. I think oh. I'm quite ready for another adventure. Oh. <laughs> when he first comes down the dock. <laughs> It's an old man. So yeah, I think I'm quite ready for. It. He's so cute. Did you know that that scene was Sir Ian McKellen's second day? On you told set. me that when we talked about fellowship. You said the opening was his first day, and then his second day was he saying goodbye to these people he's not met yet. Yeah, and to make it even worse, they had to do it again because one of the hobbits, I want to say it was Mary didn't have on his vest so they had to go back and do it again all this crying that they're doing that's not easy to do you know it's not well and kudos to them for doing on their second day acting like they've actually been on this trilogy of a movie they're the the pros man they are the real vips Um, and that's a sad moment (laughs) because frodo didn't warn them Oh, hey, by the way, when we get to the docks, I'm going with them. I never noticed until today how slowly Frodo talks. The last pages are for you, Sam. We set out to save the Shire, but it wasn't saved for me, or whatever he says. Like, so slow. He really does. Man. He talks slow. Again, I've not been a huge fan of Elijah Wood as Frodo. Um... It's just not what I pictured when I read the books. Yeah, it's just not. Um, but 
you know. I'm shocked that it just hit you that he talks slow. I never thought that's about one it. one thing that I've said throughout the entire trilogy. Is, Speed it up. We got places to be. You know, like, if you spoke faster, we might be warned quicker. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I didn't think a thing about it. If you if you spoke as quick as you ran to that ring when you dropped it. <laughs> so the Undying Lands. Uh, yeah, pretty much it's a metaphor for death, the afterlife. Um, but they just go. They just go. They don't like... That's where all the elves have gone, and essentially that's like... All the magic of Middle-earth is leaving, you know? And then men... It's the age of men. Us. That's why there's... There's going to be no magic. There's no elves. The dwarves are all hidden in the mountains. There's, you know, all that stuff. There's no dragons, no wizards, no nothing left. Yeah. And, um... Speaking of... That's another question, is where was, um... Radagast? Where is he in Lord of the Rings? I don't know for sure. Because he survives the Hobbit. He did. That's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. That's something I'll have to look up. I hadn't thought about that. It just hit me today. I was like, man, I think Radagast would have been helpful to have too. Well, man, these are all the... These are all the notes that I have. Yeah. I just think... That's all I got. Final thoughts. Amazing. Hmm? Love the trilogy. I hate when when it ends because I think you fall in love from the second you start watching it with this world. Yeah. That Tolkien built. Yeah. And Peter Jackson brought to us. Um, And I I would definitely recommend the extended edition. It's the way to go. Highly, highly. And we only had a few questions here. Um, And then I took a poll. Okay. Uh, two poles actually. Uh, Tara asks, "What is the best character arc of the trilogy?" Sam. That's what I was gonna say. Sam. Definitely, definitely Sam. Sam, who loves home, loves his garden, loves his old gaffer, his old gaffer, loves Rosie, mm-hmm. leaves all that behind for his to, best friend. For his friend, and and I will, and I don't mean to. He said, "Don't you go losing him, Sam Wise Gamgee. Don't you leave him. Don't you leave him, and I don't mean to." Yeah. Uh, Garrett has a two-parter here. I haven't read these. I just copied them. Sorry. Garrett asks, okay, so this is a two-parter because I didn't get my question asked in the boys. What Number one, what if Stillwell was actually doppelganger at the end of the boys and Homelander was whispering him what to say? Well, <laughs> Doppelganger, the guy who can change. I know. I thought he, we were talking about Lord of the Rings. I know, I know. I, he, uh, you know, he didn't get sent in his question. Jeez, so Garrett. Like, Come on, Garrett. Um, okay, I didn't. I guess I hadn't thought about is she it. She's still alive, maybe. I hope not, because I hate Stillwell. Yeah. Sure. Know. Could I, be. That'd be I, a nice I, twist, I guess. It'd be a good twist, but I think it'd be. It's kind of like you've talked. Would it be to intellectual? For the average. Hmm. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Not for this one. I I just think that it would, like, does Homelander know that it's not really her? I think so. Is what he's saying. See, I think that ruins it. I think I think what's so great about that is that he's sort of been under Stillwell's spell the okay. whole time, and him doing that is like, you know what? I'm done with you. Um, so, yeah, I would say no. Okay, this question, this second part proves that he listens. Avidly. If you could change anything about the trilogy of movies, what would it be? And Tyler can't say Tom Bombadil. 
<laughs> if I could change one thing. Screw you, Garrett. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd put the I'd put the epilogue in it. I would not. I think that's anti anticlimactic. I just loved reading the epilogue. Yeah. Or I'd put Saruman in it. Well, they, yeah, they should have left that. They should have left um, the movies. Other, I don't. I really don't know. I don't think there's much that I would don't change. Tell me what I can, I can, it's I'm podcast. sorry, Garrett. I don't have an answer for it's you on my that podcast. If I want to mention Tom Bombadil, I'll mention Tom Bombadil. <laughs> but dude, that was a we've, that was the right call. We've we've went there. We're not gonna go there again. Uh, Greg asks if they were to release another Lord of the Rings game, how would you want it set up? Like Skyrim. Absolutely. Hmm. Open world. Customizable character. Like it's the world of Middle Earth and you meet those characters and I'll Did you ever play uh the Third Age? Yeah. It was like Final Fantasy top deal. Yeah. Um then there were there was a couple other ones that they came out with. War of the North. Yeah. None of them have really been super memorable. The uh the games were cool. Shadow, Shadow of Mordor it was Wait, pretty cool. That, it got that's repetitive. a good one. Yeah, it did. It was like uh, Assassin's Creed, sort yeah, of. very repetitive. But Lord of the Rings. Max Payne 3. Yeah. Uh, Megan asks, what is your favorite quote and scene? I can carry it for you, but I can yeah, carry you. That's my favorite quote. Favorite scene? My favorite scene is uh, when they all of the people bow to the hobbits. Um. Probably. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that, but I think my f- all-time... Mm. Also, I when... I like when shows up. I like that, too. When he's, uh, right now! Right! And they all, they're all they uh, all yelling, Death! Because um, all those people know, like, they went into that thinking, we're soon our part. What about when uh, Gandalf rides out and he shines the light from his staff up on the Nazgul to scare him away away. and the whole scene with Pippin singing and Faramir and all his guys charging towards us that's a good scene too Uh, thanks for the questions I I did two polls one was on Facebook one was on Twitter and I I did the Twitter one because Twitter Facebook listen up Twitter allows more than two um, options options Facebook only allows two options Okay. So, Twitter poll service is a lot better. The Twitter poll was favorite movie of the trilogy. Fellowship. Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King. 21% said Fellowship. Mm-hmm. 47% said Two Towers. Yeah. 32% said Return of the King. I, I kind of expected that. Most people do like Two, the towers, two towers the, the best. best. Yeah. Yeah. Fellowship for me, though, but the I get it. Facebook poll, favorite battle in Return of the King, the Battle of Gondor, the Battle of Mordor. Uh, 68% said Gondor. Yeah. 32% said Mordor. Yeah. And a couple of people who were, like, putting their comments within yeah. answering said that their favorite part of the Mordor battle was the Aragorn speech. The Shattered Shields. That was yeah. the best part. But I like they that said too. all the sequences in Gondor's battle was just fantastic. Yeah, it's like a two or three day battle. Yeah, exactly. It's like what the end of Game of Thrones battle is supposed to be. Sure. Um,. And that's that. That's our uh, that's our polls, our questions, our breakdown. We've um, we've we've gone to Mordor. We've been to Mount Doom. We've dropped the ring we've, in. We've been to Mordor and back. And now we're back home in the Shire. We're back home.
back home. We're all done. Our journey is over. Next week. Next week. I'm very excited. Yeah? First off, October begins. (gasps) It's my favorite month. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite month. Me too. Favorite time of the year. And we're going to open it up with my favorite hero, Batman. Yeah, we've done Spider-Man, so I think it's only right and only fair that we we do a Batman We're going to talk about the history of Batman, list our favorite Batman, um, maybe become Batman. I don't know, but I'm just excited. I'm Batman. Um, Actually, our entire October lineup we will post soon. It has all got kind of a creepy-esque vibe to it. Rightfully so. Fitting for Halloween. Very fitting for the Halloween season. Um, so please send in all of your Batman questions. Uh, whether it's you know about Christian Bell, Adam West, whatever it's about, we will talk about it because this is an entire Batman episode. Yeah. And I am thrilled. I'm excited so too. So excited. Um, but yeah, this has been great, man. Yeah. Stoke, stoke, stoke. Very excited. Good stuff. And uh, I guess with that, We'll go ahead and snap the old fingers, uh, put put the ring on for the last time. Turn, it actually worked today. Turn invisible yeah. and uh, head back on out. The we'll catch you nerds later. Come on, Mr. Frodo. I can't carry it for you. But I can carry you! Come on! You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Tyler McDaniel and Josh Davis. Brought to you by Encore Theatrical Company, Akiva Express, Creative Theater, and Advertising Expressions. Find us, follow us, and like us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit our website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. Got something to tell us? Drop us an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers to you, nerds. Nerds.